welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Lauren. I'm tired. I know. What a weird shitbag 4th of July it was. I know. I think as as a country, <laughs> we should move 4th of July to like a Thursday or Friday if it's on a Wednesday. It's, like, let's just do it on the 5th. You know, though, I do feel like we got the 4th of July we deserved as a country this year. Like, yeah, oh, it's yeah. on a Wednesday, you assholes. Like, yeah. mm, I mean, think really about what you've done. <laughs> celebrated. <laughs> think about what you've done on this one weird day where it just kind of felt like, now here we are, back at work. Yep. Um, what are you fangirling over? Obviously not the 4th of July. I've got a few things up my sleeve. I do, too. But I think we're both fangirling over one of them, so we I'm going to go right into it. Okay. Glow, season two. Watched the first five the Friday it dropped. Watched the last five, my flight back from Indiana. So good. I'm going to watch it again. It was great. Like, I am obsessed with it. So I casually hadn't, like, looked in TV time, like, and I was stalking you on Queer Eye. And I was like, oh, hey, have you watched Glow? And you just were like, I watched all of it in less than 24 hours. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So then I had to, too. So then I watched seven episodes <laughs> on Tuesday night and the remaining three on the 4th of July. That's half of what I was doing that I day. I mean, that's a good way to celebrate. It was wonderful. Better than season one, I thought, story-wise. Yeah, better I than so season too. one. Even... I think the second half is better than the first yeah, half, uh-huh. much like Stranger Things, yes. which also made me wonder, does Netflix only really succeed for me when the show takes place in the 80s? Interesting, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Don't know. Now I need to think about it. Um, I loved it. I, it's such a, like, a fun, breezy show, but then there's a lot that goes on. It's heavy. In this and season. Betty Gilpin is unbelievable. In this season. As Liberty Bell? Yeah. You hate her. You love her. You feel sorry for her. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. When she sells other stuff? Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean it's amazing. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, I can – do you think they purposefully downplay Allison Brie when she's, like, regular Ruth, when she's not Zoya? Because it's, like – I don't feel like she looks like yeah. that normally. Like, she looks – it's like they put makeup she on her. She looks washed out. Yeah, but it's like they put makeup on her to make her look washed out. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, love her. I love, love Ruth. Love everyone. Love on the everyone show. on the show. Like, I love Melrose. The whole like constipation thing, I thought for sure yeah, you would love. Me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's a very fun, like, silly show, but it's a real story, guys. Like, this really happened if you haven't seen the documentary i mean kind watch of it. well yes i mean glow happened watch the glow documentary and i was just saying that i like now that they're kind of following what actually happened to the gorgeous ladies of wrestling um and it doesn't feel as fictionalized i mean the characters are but it's like oh no what happens at the end is actually what happens um and i love that horatio sands was in it yep love <laughs> love it <laughs> love love how's your crush level on mark Marin? Still there. Still there. Yeah, I kind of got it this time. People agree with me, so I got like, it. Mm-hmm. it's fine. I got it. I was like, oh, okay. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, another thing I'm fangirling over, another show I'm watching on Netflix, a friend introduced me to, it's called 100% Hotter. It is a British makeover show. Oh, you, well, you're already in. You sold me. <laughs> Tell me more. That uh, only, I think only season one is on Netflix. I'm not sure. It came out in 2016. Okay. It is terrible yeah question mark like there are three people that help one's a stylist one does hair one does makeup okay they're all bad okay they're all not good at their jobs okay the people 
um, that are submitted or have submitted themselves to get makeovers also aren't like on Love Lost to Run or What Not to Wear where they think they look okay. Yeah. They're like actually trying to like impress people. They're like people want me to look like this or so I don't know. They like are extreme goth. They're, they're crazy. Like okay. whatever. This is sounding very and early 2000s it, makeover show. The production is weird. The lighting is off. And everyone is super tan, which I kind of think is a British thing, like yeah. overly bronzed. Yeah, it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, Depending on where you are in London. It's just so bizarre. And it's like another thing of like what not to wear. They find out what you like and they kind of try to like compromise or yeah. like bring some of that in. They Carmen don't do always... any of that. <laughs> It's like they do talk show makeover. Yeah. Like, we're going to just change you. We're going to put you in a sweater set. It's crazy, but I can't stop watching How it. How many episodes have you watched? I've watched four, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're only about 35 minutes. Okay. But check it out if you like hot messes <laughs> because it's worth it. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, Carmendy always tried to like work with what you got. Not a fan of Carmendy. You don't like Carmendy? No. Why? Controversial. My roommate Roger and I, we really bonded over our severe hatred for Carmendy <laughs> from What Not I to Wear. I hate that her name is Carmendy, but I feel like she, like, introduced the world to Highlighter. Like, she was, yeah, like, always. Yeah, I do appreciate on that show that she would kind of show them how to do makeup yeah. also. Mm-hmm. The show's very much, like, we're trying to whip you together in 15 minutes. <laughs> and, like... A lot of people are doing clip-in extensions, oh. and it's, like, ruining their hair. Yeah. And so a quick fix is the hair guy will put an insane braid on the back of their head. Like, they can do that in their life. Totally. No. No. No one It's can not helpful at all. <laughs> but watch it. Okay. Good. Is that it? Is that all your fangirl um, number? You said you had a few things. Oh. Uh, H&M has a $6 one-shoulder tank top, and I'm wondering if I should get it because do I want to live my Charlie's Angels movie truth? Kind of. Yeah. For six bucks? Yeah, I'm just surprised I do. you don't have eight of them already. <laughs> <laughs> what okay. are you doing? I think that's it. That's it? What are you fangirling so over? So I'm definitely fangirling over Glow. I, I just love being home by myself like my husband went out for dinner and I was just like yeah I'm just gonna watch three and a half hours of television because I'm a garbage person and that's my truth and I love it and it like makes me very happy um so I I was very very into this season um and then I was also almost overwhelmed with the amount of fan feedback we got for this topic oh we need to talk about I like I haven't even fully gone through all of it because it was kind of overwhelming. Honestly, we could be we could schedule this out the rest of the year. We, we got so many good suggestions. We had a straight up conversation about whether or not we do another mini just to talk about the suggestions because there were so many good ones and like I'm still not sure we shouldn't have done that because holy shit. Yeah, we got a lot of comments. Jason sent a full bulleted oh email goodness. with ideas. What is Guy Fury was my favorite thing on that list. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people want to talk about like as seen on TV. Yeah, um, which is good because it's kind of like commercials. Very yeah. fun. Like I could talk about the ShamWow guy for yeah. sure. Which would also like give us an excuse to buy some of the stuff. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, we can do <laughs> reviews. Yeah. Um, I love that. Except now there's like an as seen on TV section of CVS, which is cheating. And at like Bed Bath cheating. & Beyond, oh, I think. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, a lot of people into that. Um, definitely, I realized that like we probably should have done this. I, someone was like, oh, Alyssa Milano. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. We're done. Probably more babes. Yeah. Probably there's more always babes. more babes to go around. There are always more babes. Um, 
and just a lot of really good like reality stuff. Yeah. Um, which like home and garden type reality stuff is like my jam. Like trading spaces, decorating, like design on a dime. <laughs> I decorating mean, I'm scents. not huge on those, but I someone was talking about their beard yesterday. <laughs> And how it had some gray in it, and I asked them if they were going to love it or if they were going to list it, uh-huh. and they loved my joke. I mean, so, that thanks HGTV. That is the best show on HGTV, is in it my though? opinion. It's I so love competitive, it. and they like just shit on the one who has to make you love it because she's working within their budget, and they want five rooms redone. Totally, like, you can't do that. I know, it's but not she fair. can. Hildy can. Like she's amazing. I don't know what I like. Want her to do my house? Are they? Canadian? I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, I come to America and do my stuff. Like I, I love them. Then their banter is very funny. I don't know. I'm into it. But I was, like I said, overwhelmed. And like we had people were like on Twitter. You on Twitter, the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen person is yes. your soulmate. You were like, yes, this yes, is please. all I want to do. I'm. I just, will rank every movie. I am a touch too old, so it was like not. Maybe if like you're jam. gone, I'll have a. Sub come in. Olsen twin expert step in. Yeah, I was like, in. do you want me to leave? Like, what do you want me to do? Um, but yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, people were like coming out the woodwork. Loved yeah. it, guys. It was um, almost as tense as the Almond Joy debacle. Oh yeah, the Almond Joy, the Mounds Almond Joy debacle of 2017 yeah. was real. Real intense. Um, so that's what I'm fangirling over. Yeah. I'm fangirling all of your amazing suggestions, one of which... We're going to do. Whew. So we chatted a lot about it. And so this first one we're just going to talk about, but then we're going to like do a little like watch with us so yeah. you guys can listen along. What's our topic going to be? It's going to be TV movies. And how do we select our TV movies? Mm, kind of random. Kind of random, but it's like I definitely. Standouts. Standouts. Anything that involves like. Favorites. Murder or teen violence. Teen Teen violence, please. Definitely teen-focused. Oh, yeah. TV movies. They're probably all going to be teen-focused. Are all TV movies teen-focused if they're not on Lifetime or Hallmark? Good question. That's a great question. We'll have to do some research. Um, I think also we're going to need, like, some fan favorites. Like, I want some Fred Savage, some Mark Paul Gossler, some Candace Cameron before she was Candace Cameron Bure. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell in Riding the Bus with My Sister. Yeah, like, I just want people who, like, were having a tough bout in their career and needed to do this TV movie. That's what I want. That's what I want right now. I want quality stars, shitty content. Yeah, and I don't want... Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about one of my favorite TV movies of all time. Not going to say the title yet, but it takes place in the 70s, and it's great. <laughs> and it's great. Okay, what is the first movie we're going to talk about? Well, technically, has two titles. <laughs> a Friend to Die For, but also known as Death of a Cheerleader in the UK slash America Today. Tori Spelling has it all. He is so hot. I think he's going to ask me to prom. Kelly Martin wants it all. I wonder what you have to do to be popular. What happens when an innocent dream... You're so pretty and funny and confident. All I want is to be like you. Pathetic. Turns into a deadly obsession. Go away. Go away! Based on a true story. Forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. Death of a Cheerleader. We watched it on Amazon. You can watch it on Amazon. Um, So it came out in 1994. This cast is lit. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Tori Spelling, Kelly Martin, 
Valerie Harper. Can, <laughs> can you believe it? Rhoda's in it, guys. What's happening? How? 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 Good question. Um, lot, lot of Krista Miller. You know her from Scrubs. You know her from Cougar Town. Like, every single person, I was like, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, even if I didn't know their name, I was like, I know you. Mary Shelton. Uh, James Avery. <laughs> also, Mary Shelton's in Scream 4, and Tori Spelling is in Scream 2 in, like, the fictional Scream movie Stab within the movie within a movie. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I was uh-huh. like, guys, connections happening. They know each other already. There were a bunch of other people that it was like, I don't know that actress, but I know that she was on, like, every episode of Sabrina. Yes. Or she was, like, the mean girl. She was one of the, yeah, and she's a mean girl. She plays a mean girl well. Yeah. She was a mean girl here. And then one of the girls who's a lark was on, like, 50 episodes of Blossom. She played Rhonda. So do we want to read the IMDb description, which is terrible, by the way. So I got two of them. Okay. When popular and beautiful cheerleader Stacy is stabbed to death, who could have done it? It could have been the antisocial goth girl Monica, or it could have been angst-ridden Jill, or maybe it was the plain girl nobody suspected. Here's the other one. Angela is a very versatile teen. She's a phenomenal writer and a superior student. Angela aspires to be a famous author, like Danielle Steele. <laughs> However, one flaw prevents Angela from pursuing her most important goals. She suffers from the desire to be popular in school. So, right off the bat, based on a true story. We'll based talk on about a true it after, story. but this is based on a true story. So, Angela is played by Kelly Martin, who... You probably know now from other TV movies, but I think she really, one, first of all, she's in Drew Beverly Hills, so let's just start there. Second of all, she, And Tori Spelling is. Yeah, and Tori Spelling. They've known each other forever. But she also was in a show called Life Goes On that I don't think people talk enough about. I loved it. My family watched it together. Um, the oldest son on this show had Down syndrome, which was, like, very um, groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And he was an amazing actor. Um, and it was a wonderful show. But I feel like then Kelly Martin became the TV movie queen. But she was, like, that girl in the 90s, I feel like. She just kind of had that, like, innocent. Being a TV movie queen is a wonderful career. Oh there my is God. this redhead who's always in Hallmark Christmas movies, uh-huh. and she's, like, a mil- multimillionaire. Of course she is. No one stops her on the street either. So she's living her best life. She gets to be, like, kind of famous. She gets to go to stuff. And she probably has a ton of money. Yeah. ton. So... I'm quitting this podcast <laughs> and switching jobs. So then Stacy, the popular cheerleader. Tori Spelling. Obviously played by Tori Spelling. Just being her Tori Spelling-ness. Yeah. Like she's... I mean, she's the mean version of Donna. Yeah. She's Donna's evil twin. So many pearls in this show. All the popular girls are wearing pearls. This is 1994, but it looks like 19... 19- 86. The whole movie was giving me, or at least the beginning, was giving me like an Are You Afraid of the Dark wishbone yeah, cheap quality, but I was into it. There's like a layer on top of it of old. I don't know. I Like I couldn't, it's like yeah. a filter like, on the movie. I feel like if you watched this the night it came out in 1994, you would have said, this feels dated. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how I felt watching it. I was just like, I was alive in 1994 and like a teenager. Why yeah. does this seem so dated okay, to me? Okay, so this movie has an opening scene and then it goes 10 months earlier and mm-hmm. plays out the whole story. Yes. But this opening scene is crazy. So... 
Tori Spelling knocks on someone's house and mm-hmm. is like, hey, my friend's being really weird. Can I make a call? And these strangers let her come in, because mm-hmm. it's 1994, and make a phone call. And her parents don't answer. So the a stranger man offers to drive her home. Mm-hmm. But the guy pulling out of the car sees her supposed friend just like a dark shadow yeah. in her car. Uh-huh. And so the car follows them all the way to Tori Spelling's house. And then, like, Tori Spelling gets murdered by yeah. the shadow. Uh-huh. And the whole time, I'm just like, how did anyone let this happen? You mean the murder? Yes. Like, this guy just took her home and thought, oh, she's safe, even though this car followed us the entire way, this ominous dark car. Yeah. And also, Tori, so Tori Spelling gets out of the car, and her parents are not home. She's like, oh, I'm just going to go next door to the neighbors. Do people do that? Like, not is that today. a thing? I don't know. I just, like, used my garage code and went into my house. Like, if I was 16 years old, I'm not going over to the neighbor's house because I'm, like, a baby. I don't know. It felt so weird to me. Mm. That, that I mean, I had, like, relatives as neighbors. Well, so right. Mm-hmm. But that's different. different. But I was just like, okay. And then, <laughs> yeah, so she gets stabbed. You, We see her, like, dying on the doorstep. We don't really know, like, where she gets stabbed. Then, like, of course her Yeah, because parents, there's no blood. It's a TV movie. Zero blood. Um, her parents are coming home right away as the, like, you know, ambulances are there. It was, it was also very Scream 1, like Drew Barrymore in the opening scene of Scream. Yes, very much so. I wonder if they use this as sort of, like, an homage. Yeah. Um, my thing is that, like, this movie just got right into it like yeah we didn't know who anyone was we didn't know anything we were this was no, like how to get people out. to sit down and watch it because it got boring well that is another note it went real fast and then real slow like it was just like at the end i'm like they, it okay. was like they were really like jacked to make this movie and then they were like wait we have a whole time slot to fill yeah let's just make this courtroom scene 20 minutes <laughs> perfect so we see the murder at the beginning, and then, like you said, we flash back 10 months earlier, a weird amount of time. Um, but it, what you learn is it's like we flash back to, like, the beginning of the school year. And the principal, all of these these kids are they're 10th graders, I guess. They're sophomores. And it's their first day of school, and he's giving them, like, a pep talk, a speech, like, Hey, you have to be the best. Be the best athlete. Be the best student. And somehow that inspires the main character. Like, yeah, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do it all. Jill, you don't understand. I've got this feeling inside me like, like, I don't know. I'm going to do things. I'm going to be someone. I want what Mr. Sachs says, to be the best. You already are, Angie. You already are. And not even inspires her. Like, she has this, like, mania about her. Oh, yeah. This I, is, we're talking about Angela. minute one, don't trust Angela. No. My, I don't know I how, how she, I don't know how she got so far in the 10 months. I go, is she on the, is she on the spectrum? Like, she's she, something. There was something about her that was, like, a level of agitation that she brought to me that I felt so uncomfortable. And her friend Jill, who's, like, rocking this great blossom hat yeah. right out the gate, yeah. is just like, no, but... Angela, like, everyone loves you. You're so sweet. You're, like, the nicest girl. I'm like, she's only talking to you. You're the yeah. only person we see she only her talking to. She has one friend and friend. her family. <laughs> like, there's no way. And her family, like, ignores her mania. Yeah. And she's the baby. Uh-huh. So we learn later that she has, like, four older siblings. Because my thought was, like, are her parents really old? And they Which are. Which you only see one. Yeah. But th- they are old because she's 
the youngest child, but you would think that that young child then would have a lot of attention on her as she's the only one left in the home, and they seem to be, like, really missing some red flags in Angela. <laughs> like, she... They miss all the red flags, but Ooh. nobody misses the goth girl just being goth. Just being goth. Everyone hates her for just wearing black, and she looks 35, mm-hmm. but she she's does. in high school. Yeah, this is very much... Um, this felt like the town that I grew up in a little bit. Like, everyone's, like, real... You lived in, like, a fictional Midwest town? Yeah. like that it's vibe? like Very... But everyone's, like, real kind of preppy and, like, thin and blonde and, like, you know, sort of, like, public service, but, like, in the name of popularity. Like, I told... I, like, kind of related to this. I'm like, oh, I understand where they're growing up. Um, and so the fact that Monica stood out in any way was a threat to all of these girls. So they kind of, like, attack her and are mean to her. No one I grew up with was, like, mean like that. But everyone kind of looked homogenous, mm. <laughs> let's okay. say. Um, were you getting Carrie vibes at all from this movie? Sort of. If it had gone in a direction where the goth girl was the main character, uh-huh. I feel like it would have gone that way. But the bullying, definitely. Yeah. There was just, like, a under... And even just kind of the lighting of the movie is oh, a little carry. Also, the only bad word they could get away with was bitch. So mm. they made sure to say it, like, three to four times. <laughs> so over the year, Angela and her mania becomes basically obsessed with Stacy. She believes that Stacy is sort of the epitome of cool. Although Stacy sucks. Sucks. Like, oh, there's no... Yeah. There's no world in which Stacey is cool. What I didn't get is there was a popular group, and Stacey, I guess, would be the leader of that, but she was very mean. Super mean. And I feel like if you were a new girl entering this popular group, you'd be like, oh, she sucks. Maybe you, like, just admire a different popular girl. I guess. Like, why would you – I don't know. I think it's that, like, high school queen bee syndrome, you know? It's like even though that girl is, like, super mean, like – her approval of you, like, gives you validation, even at the expense of other people. It's very – high school sucks. Um, and it just – Angela becomes obsessed with her. And, that like, she becomes obsessed with being close to her, being close – like, be doing the same things that she does. They work in the attendance office together. They're on this thing, the Larks, together, which is basically a high school sorority, mm-hmm. um, which is a thing. I didn't – Is it? Yeah. In the South, for sure. Wow. There are high nightmare. school sororities – um, but in a lot of oh, other oh. places. So she joins the little, she joins the larks, and it's like a stupid sorority esque ceremony. But they just put mayonnaise in their hair. Uh-huh. What I died over was like ten girls get in this tiny convertible, uh, and they're like recklessly driving. Uh-huh. How did one of them not die uh, just like, shooting that? There was no stunt doubles involved. No. They're like flying out of the thing. So that again is like where it reminded me of my high school. So. If you made homecoming court or student council or, like, anything, the people who were already on it would come and, like, wake you up. And then you would have to, like— How'd they get in your house? They'd, like, call your parents. Like, it was, like, a whole thing. And then you would, like, go to school in your pajamas and, like, everyone would. And it was, like, a—I mean, I related a lot to, like, what was going on in this movie. I was, like, "Uh uh-huh. I remember weird— I did not relate to this movie at all. Um, So— We now are getting to sort of the culmination. It's been a full year of Angela, like, trying to get close to Stacy, and she has an idea, but, like, she can't get in. Stacy's, like, she's still on the periphery, right? Stacy's, like, 
allowing her to kind of be in these groups but not actually like being her friend yeah you can be in the group but you are still not cool exactly and angela's like no i got an idea i'm gonna take stacy to this cool older party which by the way how did jill get invited jill doesn't seem yeah also they randomly got real drunk (laughs) Like, how? Yeah, there was a scene where it was just fake teen drunk acting. Oh, my God. It was really bad. Yeah, really bad. Although, have we talked about how great Nancy and Stranger Things played drunk? Amazing. Wow. Um, So, Angela crafts this idea. She's going to call Stacey's parents and say that there is a lark dinner, but it's a surprise. So, Stacey needs to be ready at around 9 o'clock. Wearing something nice, not too nice, and someone will pick her up to go to dinner. She's crazed when she makes this payphone call <laughs> to Zizi's parents' house, and I was very frightened. Oh, hello, Mrs. Lockwood. Yeah, hi. You don't know me, but I'm with the Larks. Oh, I'm sorry, dear, but Stacy isn't here. Oh, right now. I know, I know. Um, she's a cheerleader camp, but that's okay because um, this is actually supposed to be a surprise. Um, we're having a dinner for the Larks, the new Larks, on Saturday night. How lovely. Yeah, but, um, like I said, it's supposed to be a surprise. So, um, if you could just tell Stacy to be ready at about 9 o'clock and someone will pick her up. Okay? Well, yes, dear. And, uh, what should she wear? Oh, um, something nice, but casual, you know? All right. Great. Well, th- nice talking to you. Thank you. And may I ask who is... Yes! To me, it was like all of the signs were there. (laughs) Angela's nuts. All of the signs were there. Like, how was Jill not like, dude, you're being weird. Why are you obsessed with this mean, mean girl? So Angela goes to pick her up. Stacy's not happy about it. She's like, oh, it's you. She was trapped. She was trapped. And she's like, oh, I guess we're going to this party. Like, okay, fine. So before they go to the party, Stacey's got to, like, smoke some grass. I hate when people call pot grass. I don't know why. It's such a TV movie term. It's such a TV movie term. And she's just like, ugh, you suck, Like, but I guess I'm stuck with you. How did you get invited? And Angela's like, well, actually, I didn't get invited. My friend got invited. Stacey loses her shit. She's like, I don't want to be humiliated when we show up to say we crash this party that we no, weren't invited to. No, I'm going to say this right now. No one would be mad if Stacey showed up at this party uninvited. No. she's She had no – she's not the type that would even freak out about it, so I really didn't understand this. No. So she's all pissed, and she, like, threatens to leave, and then Angela loses her goddamn mind. She's like, I just want to be your friend. Like, you're so pretty and confident and cool. And then, of course, Stacy is a bitch about wait, it. Wait, wait, we got to backtrack. <laughs> we got to backtrack to just a quick moment where her Angela and her sister are in the car. Oh, yeah. Her sister, for some reason, is eating a cucumber with a knife while driving. Uh-huh. Who does that? No one. No one. Okay. And she also cut this the thinnest slice of cucumber. Yeah. I was like, what? They like laid ground. Were they like low key putting '90s eating disorder in there? Probably. They low key though put in that she like ate vegetables early on. Yeah. Ew, vegetables. And her sister was like, I eat them all the time. I eat them in the car. (laughs) Also, if you're eating in the car, you could just bite a cucumber. You do not have to cut slices while driving. Super thin slices. Okay, back in. Back in. So said cucumber knife is in the car. Now 
we catch up to like the beginning and Stacy flees the car and goes to the neighbor's house or the stranger's house and is like, oh, my friend is being weird. Then we see the guy drive Stacy to her house. Angela follows and in Angela's brain, she can hear Stacy telling everyone at school that she's a weirdo and kind of like sucks. Carrie, they're all going to laugh at you. That was my thing. It was like very, they're all going to laugh at you. And this takes Angela over. So now not only is she like manic and crazy, now she has this fear of like shame and public embarrassment. Yeah. It takes her over. Yeah. I just I didn't get I mean, Angela obviously had to have problems because she her answer was murder so quickly. So quickly. So quickly. This was the first time they had hung out alone. And yeah. she was like, "Well, I have to kill her now." Yeah. She's I like, you gotta go. And the thing is, like, no one really knows who Angela is. So it's like the notion of then her being like publicly embarrassed in school, which I get, I get, is like overwhelming to you as a person. But I feel like a lot of people would have been like, "Who?" Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, who are we even talking about? Also, was Could I have been to, anyone? Was she was new, right? Angela and was the goth girl new? I think I it, really wasn't understanding. How everyone didn't know each other yet well, at all. It felt like to me was that there were a couple of like Catholic middle schools or like private schools. Oh, and they merged. Sort of, they, when you went to high school, you went to a different high school. Gotcha. Um, that was kind of what I got out of that. So anyway, Angela is the killer. <laughs> she stabs she, Stacy. Yeah, and she just goes downward spiral but won't tell anyone. No. She gets away with a lie detector test, mm-hmm. but then her alibi doesn't check out. No. Nope. So she gets double-checked, and they know it's her, but the, she won't confess. It's a whole thing. The FBI gets involved. She she pulls a writing in cars with boys and writes a letter to her mom, and then she goes to court. I mean, So the whole – I mean, I have a note in my phone that's like, how fast did this year go? Because the 10 months – Goes really quickly. Like yeah. all of a sudden, it's like they're skiing. Then it's Christmas. Then meh. And I was like, oh, then geez. murder. And then murder. And then it's like another forty-five minutes of trial. I know. I was like, I'm not here for OJ's trial. Let's go. <laughs> we know she did it. Yeah, she confesses. So that becomes part of the storyline that Angela confesses to murdering Stacy. And there's some legalese about like, should it be murder in the first degree, mm-hmm. which is premeditation? Or a murder in the second degree, which is, you know, sort of a spontaneous act. And the defense, like her lawyer, you know, sort of approaches the prosecution even before the trial and is like, hey, what if we plead a murder in the second degree? We don't have to do this. The prosecution says, no, no. And they put her on trial, even though she's confessed. And then there's like this whole underlying story of like is it actually the community's fault yeah because this they put be- pressure on her yeah and like materialism there was like weird yeah. undertones that i was not like it was like religion was involved yeah a lot of religion like, i was like where's this going also when so when angela's going down her like mental downward spiral mm-hmm. she's also becoming more popular and she becomes treasurer of whatever yeah but because she's becoming more popular, they made her dress like she's becoming popular. Yeah. But it actually looked like a 47-year-old teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, she still was not cool. No. She's – no. She's in over her head in all ways possible. <laughs> like, in every way I will possible. say it, 
It did kind of break my heart, though, in the Christmas scenes because she wanted to tell her family and they were just like, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. (laughs) We're having the best time. It's Christmas, but I'm a murderer. (sighs) So in the end, she goes to like juvenile detention until she's 25. That's basically it. And then like Stacy is dead. But Mary Sheldon's character becomes a better person out of it. She does. Bonds mm-hmm. with Angela's old best friend. Yeah. Writes to Angela in prison. Yeah. You know, like, people so are somebody learning. won. <laughs> I guess <laughs> people are learning from this situation. But there was definitely an undertone of like, Stacy deserved it. Oh, yeah. Nobody cared that she no. died. No. Including myself. No, I didn't care at all. Because um, she, not that she deserved it, but she was a total B. Which is crazy because Tori Spelling was the star of this movie. Mm-hmm. And as I have learned, she was paid $100,000 to star in this movie. She's in it for like 20 minutes. Like she's not even really in it that long. Like yeah. one, she gets murdered. But even like in the other scenes, like it's mostly Kelly Martin the whole time. Um, $100,000. You guys, this movie is Hot trash garbage, but, like, and in it's such during, a great way. It's during prime 90210. So 1994 is, like, season three, season four. Oh, yeah. Pop Still Eula. Brenda years. Like, yeah, it's a good time. Is that, like, first year of college, probably? It's last year of high school going into college. Okay. Because season four is freshman <gasps> year of college. So we're talking Donna Martin graduates, guys. Like, this is wow. prime Whoa. time. <laughs> Oh, my God. Tori Spelling was on fire. Yeah. $100,000. I spent a lot of the movie trying to decide if this was pre or post boob job for Tori Spelling. But I think I if think it's, it's pre. You do? I mean, it should be post, I think, looking I think, at the timeline. But I was not distracted by her boobs at well, all. Well, because I think she's 16 in this movie. And, so, like, they can't have her, like, all racked out. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just, like, <laughs> racked out. Uh, I don't think we can do that. All right. Before we, like, get into some factoids about this, because, guys, remember, it's based on a true story. What did you, like, love about this movie? Had you seen this before? I actually have seen it before. I, I think too. it was something during my Chicago library phase mm. that I checked out. When you were fun. trying to, when you were waiting on when Muzzy? When I was waiting on Muzzy, yeah. <laughs> Same era. Um, what I liked about this movie... I honestly do like that cheap quality. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, I'm buckled up. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I want to go to this cheap world. <laughs> I agree with you. I actually found that to be one of the most interesting it was, things. It's charming in a way, but also kind of sad. Yeah. It's like low budge horror. Yeah. Which is my fave. Yeah. Which is like your dream world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I kind of get this. The, actually, the beginning, if we're talking about cheap horror, gave me... It reminded me of this movie called Satan's Little Helper. Okay. And it was a movie I was just like, I'll watch this on Netflix. It seems funny. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and it's so funny. It's about, like, this Satan that comes to, like, this little boy, and this little boy helps Satan around Halloween time. And it's horrible, but it's it looks it does look like it was Wishbone. Like, huh. it's cheap quality, but also probably made in 2001. Right. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. How do they do that? It's amazing. What did you hate about this movie? Um, I hated I hated how it was only an hour ha- and a half, but felt like three hours. Totally. Like, I was sitting down taking notes, but by the end, I was doing something while watching. Yeah. Like, it couldn't hold my attention. The first 45 minutes go fast. And then I was like, oh, this movie's almost over. Oh, my God, there's another 45 minutes. Like, I was like, what is happening? Like, yeah. she confesses to this murder. How much is we left? We know. So I have a question for you. Okay. What do you think 
was the message of this movie? What was the takeaway we were as viewers? Because I feel like TV movies always have something you're supposed to learn. I think the message was that we're not supposed to like put too much pressure on our kids or like we're not supposed to push them too hard. I don't know. But then there was that weird like level of materialism which really came out of nowhere because there wasn't there weren't any shopping montages you know what i mean it wasn't about stuff this movie could have used a shopping montage yeah it really could have i mean i guess you get the undercurrent because it we're supposed to believe that angela's family is like poor or they just like don't have as much as Mm -hmm. other people um but i just i don't know don't kill your friend i don't yeah. It was definitely not don't I think be a it bitch. Was, I think it was like pay attention to your kids. Yeah. But it really wasn't like don't be mean to your – don't be mean to people. Like it was not that. No. Like, and Stacey's Because they all person. hated the girl that died. Yeah. It was very much It was like, a collective community experience. <laughs> like, whew. We oh, dodged Stacey's a, gone. Let's do, go. Dodged a bullet on that one. Let's go. Um, I think my favorite thing of this whole movie is just Valerie Harper. Yeah. Like, Rhoda's giving it her all. Yeah. She really She's is a professional. A professional. She's raising the game of other people in this movie. Like, and first of all, to time yourself praying, whoa. Yeah. Religious. But people do that. People do that. Yeah. I feel like I was supposed to take away some kind of religious message. Which, you were? Yeah. Just because it was really, like, heavy thrown at me oh, in yeah, this movie. Everyone was wearing a but cross. But yet I didn't feel that. You know what no. I mean? They were just, like, throwing it in. It felt creepy to me. Yeah. Like, the way it was presented. And, like, the guy who played the priest actually really liked. Like, he's, like, I feel like he's the consummate priest-looking actor. (laughs) But, and he was kind of like, you all are dumb. Like, you blame yourselves. Yeah. But everything about it, I just got such Carrie vibes from this movie that I was just kind of, like, creeped out by the church stuff. Because, like, Sissy Spacek's real religious in that movie. And I was just like, oh, no. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Which is funny because, like, it does have, like, you'd think maybe, oh, it's a TV movie. They're just pulling from that. But it's based on the true story. All right. You want to talk about this? Okay. Yeah. Straight from Wikipedia. <laughs> Straight from Wikipedia. On June 23rd, 1984. So 10 years prior to this TV movie. It was 10 years in the making. Yeah, it took ten years to get this movie made. They had to they had to kickstart for that hundred thousand. Oh my god! For, uh, for, Tori, for Spelling. Tori Spelling. Okay, so the Costas family or Costas, wait, what's her name? It's like Kristen Costas. Yes, Kristen mm-hmm. Costas was lured with a phony invitation to a dinner for the Bobolinks, a sorority like group at school. Bobolinks. Bobolinks. It might be Kirsten. I'm now looking at it, or Kirsten. It's K I R. Oh, probably. Probably Kirsten? Kirsten. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Always tricky. Tricky. I know you a Kirsten. don't want to upset anyone. I know a Kirsten, and she gets her name butchered all the time, so I hope so it's So according to the testimony, she had planned to take um, Costas to the party to befriend her, but Costas got angry when she was told that there would be no dinner for the new Bobbies. <laughs> the girls' Bobbies board is a and, way better name than Bobolinks. Yes, Bobolinks is weird. And Costas fled home to the home of Alex and Mary Jane Arnold living nearby, telling them that her friend had gone, quote, weird. So when Costas could, re- could not reach her parents by phone, Alex Arnold drove her home, noticing that a Pinto. <laughs> by the way, I love that they changed it to a Nova in this movie. <laughs> a Pinto was following them home, yet he did nothing. Yeah, right. Okay. 
He didn't wait for the parents or maybe it was or like... Or like drive to the police station. Yeah, or check on the car behind. Like, we have a problem here? Yeah, like what no, are you like, doing? What's the deal? At the Costas' home, Arnold, sitting in the car, saw... It's Bernadette. Bernadette mm-hmm. attack Kirsten. Okay. He just saw it? I guess. He thought that he was seeing a fist fight, but in fact, Costas got stabbed five times with a butcher knife <gasps> and um, Bernadette fled the scene. A butcher knife? A butcher knife. Jesus. So it was much more graphic. Yeah. Why do you just have a butcher knife? Okay. The, the neighbors called the ambulance, but Kirsten was wounded and died at a nearby hospital. Um, it took the police almost six months to find her killer. Wow. So Bernadette passed a lie detector test, but her alibi went unverified. Okay. And after attempting to confirm her alibi, the police suspected that she was a liar. Mm-hmm. After speaking with an FBI officer who informed her that her arrest was imminent and that they knew she was the killer, Bernadette wrote a, mo- a letter to her mother and she made a full confession. This is basically exactly yeah. the story. Which is crazy. Okay. Here's where it really bothered me. Bernadette claimed to have found the kitchen knife by chance, but her elder sister, Virginia, testified in court that she kept the knife in her car to cut vegetables. So that part's true? Apparently. What's going on? Which is the most bizarre part of the story. What's going on with Virginia? Let's ask ask some questions of her. Honestly, just like an open knife in the car is probably not a great idea because what if you get in a car accident and it's like some weird final destination stuff and you end up dying because of the knife? Here's the thing, though. You don't need a butcher knife to cut vegetables. You could use like a butter knife and be fine. What? The butcher knife to slice... To slice tomatoes and that Bernadette casually um, casually dressed on that evening, never intended to take Kirsten to the party, but had planned to murder her. Had planned to murder her? Interesting. Interesting. Because she was casually dressed. What if she just wasn't feeling getting uh, dressed up for that party? Bernadette was sentenced to a maximum of nine years and was released seven years later on parole. Um, her family now li- lives in Hawaii. They were like, no, we're no, moving. Um, Bernadette was released in 1992 at the age of 23 and reportedly left California and changed her name. Do you think she watched this movie in 1994 when it came out? Maybe. It was the highest grossing TV movie of 1994. Wow. I mean... I'm still st- stuck on this butcher knife to cut vegetables. Yeah. Like a butcher knife is like the, a cleaver. I know, like they put this in the movie because they're like, oh, this is fact. But was the sister trying to protect Bernadette? Meaning, like, like so, this wasn't a premeditated murder. Oh, interesting. Like it just was there. It yeah. Just, I just used this giant knife to cut to a tomato. To maybe help, like, first degree, second degree. Also, tomatoes are juicy. Like, what are you, you know what I mean? Like, in a car? Does she have a cutting board? This is insane. This is an insane detail. What weirdo does this? She has, like, a full kitchen in her car. <laughs> There's, unless you're living in your vehicle, you don't need tomatoes and a butcher knife. No. I understand why they eat didn't. Eat a go-gurt. Like, I don't know. Eat something <laughs> handheld. <laughs> I don't know if they had go-gurt in 1994. They didn't, but oh my just God. eat it. Wait, okay. So they changed this to be a cucumber because it was less messy. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way you can casually. It makes slightly more sense. You, there's, you, can ca- you, you cannot casually cut a tomato She might in as a well car. have been cutting a watermelon or pineapple <laughs> in there because, I mean, you could bite into a cucumber. That's like the same thing as a go-gurt. You just hold on to it. <laughs> it makes me so mad. Having just cut up a lot of fruit for the 4th of July, 
it's messy. Like, to me, it's ridiculous. You're totally right. Get a go-gurt. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that we're taking so much umbrage with this detail this, and honest, not this teen murder. I, okay, we're doing TV movies. We're, we're covering Tori Spelling. It's great. But this was the only standout scene for me. So Because weird. it seemed so off. So strange. But it's true, apparently. <laughs> so bizarre. This is, like, the most but true part it? of the movie. I still kind of think it's a good oh. excuse to save the sister. You just think Virginia's covering up for Bernadette. Yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe got her a better sentence because it wasn't premeditated. Interesting. Do you think Angela is actually, like, a total psycho? Like, like she's, like, a murderer and this wasn't just, like, an accident. Do you think she, like, actually intended to kill her? I don't think she intended to kill her, but I think if she hadn't killed Stacy later in life, she would have killed someone else. You do? Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. It's like I um, think something was really mentally wrong with her. It's like the Amanda uh, Knox documentary where we're like, I don't think she killed this person, but I think she could kill someone. <laughs> she used Comic Sans as the font, guys. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely <laughs> murderous tendencies. <laughs> Angela's definitely a Comic Sans kind of gal. Um... Whew. We just got really worked up about that yeah. tomato. I don't know. This movie was – it's hilarious. And, like, what's the deal with TV movies? Why are we even – like, how did this even become a thing? I know you, like, did some – Oh, I do have a little bit of info on the TV movies. So they weren't really labeled as TV movies, but they go back to, like, 1944. Oh, wow. Early days of TV. With um, a movie called Talk Faster, Mister. Into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they – like, as television kind of had a rough start in, like, the 50s, because mm-hmm. the movies, it was all about the movies, Well, you yeah. Know? There was a lot of so, tension between the movies and television So it was kind industry. of a way to, like, trick people oh. into thinking, like, oh, it's television, uh-huh. but it's also a movie. Like, it's like, you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Stay at home. Watch this yeah. movie caliber So made-for-TV movie was coined in the U.S. in the early 60s. Okay. Um, as an incentive for movie audiences to stay home and watch what was promoted as the equivalent okay. as the first-run theatrical film. Yeah, right. Yeah, the equivalent. <laughs> uh, beginning in 1961 with NBC Saturday Night at the Movies, Ooh. a primetime network showing of a television premiere of a major theatrical film release. The other networks soon copied it, and then they just you know, started making their own. <laughs> with different like Tuesday night at the movies, yeah. Monday night at the movies, <laughs> Thursday Hilarious. night, every uh-huh. night at the movies. <laughs> uh. The first one though was called See How They Run, which debuted on NBC in 1964. Hmm. So TV movies go back. Wow, I'm looking at this. So Ronald Reagan's involved. A previous film, The Killers, starring Lee Marvin and Ronald Reagan, was filmed as a TV movie. Although NBC decided it was too violent for television and released it theatrically instead. Ronald Reagan. Huh. (sighs) This was an experience. Yeah. I I mean, I enjoyed watching it again. I I did too. I don't think I watched it like when it first came I think it was a good good way to kick off the series because it wasn't that great. So I think we can only get better. Or, like, better and worse from How are we going to do this? Are we going to include, like, Christmas movies? Because, like, that's a whole no, subgenre. maybe at Christmas time. We, yeah. Because there are thousands of those movies. Did we decide if that JTT Jessica Biel is an actual movie or a TV movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't even know what you're talking <gasps> about. You do. We'll look it up. I know you know what I'm talking about. I don't think I do. Oh, my God. It's great. Um, I think it was an actual movie and not a TV movie, which makes yeah. me a little sad. But, I mean, 
we have some ideas up our sleeves. Maybe maybe some double features even. Ooh, fun. So, but maybe we'll do the same thing. That so we'll you know put out like on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Like I'm gonna try to do it early yes. so everyone knows. Send us like what you want to talk about, and then we'll do it a couple days in advance so you guys can watch it too, and then you can listen to our very thoughtful discussion about butcher knives and tomatoes. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't reoccur. Um, okay, so look for that stuff on social, Van Gogh Friday's podcast on Instagram, FGF podcast on Twitter, or on Facebook. So until next Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.